Genre. Hello and welcome back to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, one old man battle sequence at a time. I'm Norman. <laughs> I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us on our return week is returning guest Bob Kester. Hello. Hi. Oh, hello. Great to be back. Yeah. yeah. It's good to have you. You're You're here with us. Right in the middle of everything. <laughs> the the disc break is technically in the middle of this this week of minutes, mm-hmm. like almost exactly in the middle. Uh, when I when I was taking notes of the commentary oh. and, and watching it back, it's kind of uh, was annoying to take my notes because I had to. I'm just like, all right, two and a half minutes at a time. Sorry, I want all you. Of these, <laughs> two and a half minutes at a time at the beginning of the next disc. Uh, Oh, that probably explains something that's going to come up midweek here. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is a, a jarring shift in the middle of a minute. <laughs> but uh, today's minute is minute 126, which opens with the orcs charging uh, onto the top of the wall from inside their little siege tower and ends with Gandalf swinging his staff and uh, at an orc. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, is accompanied by some always classic excited Gandalf battle noises. <laughs> ah, drive Break them back! <laughs> <laughs> he sounds a bit like a confused old man, which is fine. Um, it's, it's, it's battle. Like, you know, you orcs get just... off my lawn! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where are my keys? <laughs> the Battle of Pelennor lawn would be a little different. <laughs> It's just Gandalf in this white house, white white picket fence, picket fence, and then like skater hoodlums. Yeah, there's like hooligans. Like right, right. Yeah. <laughs> or it's his war with the gophers that live in the lawn. The gophers <laughs> trying to keep it perfect and it. just. Uh. They have battering rams. Yes, it's like a. They're trying to get in the house, uh. or more more likely the the the. Uh, the shed where all the the lawn equipment and food for, for the animals <laughs> and stuff. That's where the gophers are trying to get. High fantasy version of that Bill Murray movie, uh, Caddyshack. There we go. Right, <laughs> but just like that one subplot in Caddyshack. Oh sure, but I mean that's the part. That's the the main part worth remembering, as I recall. <laughs> I, I I think it's the part pretty much everyone remembers from that movie. It's yeah. Bill Murray's war with the the gopher on the golf course. You do goofers. You're the vermit Kong. <laughs> so yeah, this uh, this minute opens with this siege kind of getting under the, the siege continuing. The orcs make it onto the wall, and uh, three of them fall out of the back of the siege tower when they're shot with arrows. Yeah, that was my first and note. <laughs> there is a decided lack of a sound from when they should hit the ground. Oh, really? Okay. I was noting mostly just like how far back they're thrown. <laughs> yeah, they, they go back a ways. Because usually like most of, most of the impact of an arrow is it like, you know, penetrating your body as opposed to it like, you know, <laughs> like sending yeah. you like five feet backwards. But Right. This so, is, this so is not a Hollywood fun. shotgun. 
it's a bow and arrow and not like Lurtz's bow and arrow firing like inch diameter arrows at somebody. Mm-hmm. This is, mm. these are, these are mere men. But yeah. Definitely something I don't notice like watching the film, but minute by minute, it's like, yeah, it's like, wow, those guys just traveled a lot farther than the guys we're about to see. I guess they're on the ground. So they're grounded. <laughs> we're getting shot down at. It's like just three guys get thrown that far. Well, what about all the rest them, of them? You hear them like yell. Yeah, but you know you don't hear them like hit the ground. There's no like clattering of armor. There's no why, big. But sick why would thud. you though? Because there's like hundreds of thousands of orcs also charging in this direction. I mean, the camera's right next to it. You should hear the noise. I don't want to hear the noise, Norman. <laughs> it's just it's just weird. I just I just notice that the noise isn't there. They just there's like a very soft thud. Like, uh, that's I'm, that's all I need. But if, if yeah, it like, would just be like that, that sort of saddlebag hitting the ground noise. But uh huh. I don't need like a crunch. I no, like a like a bag of potatoes. I don't need a splat. I don't. I don't need it. And then like, the sound of the orcs crawling for their their little orc mothers, you know, and like, oh no, my foot is in my mouth. <laughs> I have. I don't remember. If this, if we talked about this on the last minute before the break, uh, but also they originally wanted to cover all these siege engines in fur. Why? They wanted to cover mm. them in animal pelts. Richard Taylor like talks about this in the design commentary. He's just like, to do the miniature ones, we were talking about sourcing mouse pelts. And I'm really, and then he's, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and he, He's just like, but the thought of having hundreds of mouse pelts drying for use at what a workshop what was the hell? like horrifying. <laughs> yeah. And is horrifying. Like that's the, all those poor little mice. <laughs> also, you have to deal with these tiny little Quebecois guys in canoes, you know, who go off to get to say together the mouse pelts. Alouette, <laughs> Jean <laughs> But the idea that they thought, like, oh, if we want to do miniature animal pelts, we're not just going to make fake fur. We're going to get mouse pelts. Just, like, shows you the dedication to detail of Weta, but also, like, what the hell? <laughs> like, someone somewhere was just like, here's my first idea. Let's use mice pelts. <laughs> I guess you cover it in pelts to explain why Gandalf doesn't just light it up or something like that. But then, of yeah. course, that just doesn't even occur to you because, you know, right. he so rarely, like, does anything, like, magical. Yeah, but just the, like, that's one of those things from the commentary that's just like, wait, what the hell did Richard Taylor just say? Yeah, that's, um. Mouse pelts. (laughs) Mouse pelts. How many would they have needed? Just, he meant, he says hundreds. Like, oh my God. (laughs) There's a lot of siege engines. Yeah. There must be like some synthetic equivalent of mouse pelts. (laughs) (laughs) Right, like you'd make fake ones. Like, come on, guys. (laughs) <laughs> also like with a mouse but wouldn't the individual like the width diameter of the individual hairs be too big or something i don't know <laughs> yeah because the scale would for the size i guess would be right but not like the actual look of it right like the texture might be off i don't know yeah like he doesn't say specifically why they decided not to do that he just says he's grateful <laughs> because they, they didn't did. want to murder hundreds of mice norman i mean something has to happen with all the old lab mice no that's so sad. It is sad. 
It's like when you see a miniature boat in rough water, like if they don't do it exactly the right, you know, it's like, oh, wait, that thing's in a bathtub. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's like right, oh, look, yeah. a toy. <laughs> right. Something scale Sometimes and some things do not. Right. Sometimes no matter how close you get to it with a camera, you're just like, nope, that's 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 wrong. <laughs> there's also there's a there's another interesting thing about uh, the siege of Minas Tirith here that I hadn't even realized. But as soon as um, I think it's John Howe mentions it in the commentary, it's just like, oh, yeah, you're totally right. There's there's no ditch or anything around Minas Tirith like there would be around a real world like ancient citadel like this. Mm -hmm. To protect it right. from the siege engine rolling directly up to the wall. <laughs> One that's been, you know, probably attacked like multiple times in the last few years. Yeah. yeah. Because Tolkien never describes Minas Tirith as having one. Siege engines attack uh -huh. Minas Tirith in the book. It's just a detail that Tolkien was just like, ah, eh, whatever. Yeah. Considering all the other places he put details and how things were built and described, it's just kind of. Uh huh. It's just an oversight, probably, but also he wanted a siege fight, so he just was just left it out. <laughs> yeah. Also, Minister, I guess, is pretty big. I mean, you know, it's probably bigger than like you really realize watching this movie. So, like, building a yeah. ditch would probably have been quite an undertaking. And if you build ninety percent of a ditch, you might not, might as well have not done it at all, because they'll just go to the one place you didn't. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. That's but then you I know think. where they're coming at you from. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. It's like you make the, the one hole in the force field in uh infinity war yeah right yeah <laughs> yeah that seems silly to me because they're they have like a giant field like yeah there's not even um any like geographical obstacles it's just a big old field right like there's nothing between you and your enemy like why wouldn't you do something else well there's the river i guess osgiliath yeah. can deal with that yeah that's what osgiliath is for <laughs> sure denethor that worked out Two more short theories, one of which is hubris. You know, they're just like, well, we've got this great gate, you know, that no uh, no ram can, pen can penetrate, as you know, so that's fine. And the other one being that I think, like, Minas Tirith wasn't originally supposed to be a, ci a city. It was like a tower protecting Osgiliath from that side. And so, like, the whole city part that the where the gate is and stuff like that probably grew, like, wasn't part of the original defense plan. That's just, like, you know, refugees living there. And so, like, what they're supposed to be defending is, like, the citadel, you know, farther up, you know, which is, like, built into a mountain and is super, you know, is much easier to defend. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, I, that, that makes a certain amount of sense. Um, the only thing, like, against that idea, I guess, is that the the wall, the outermost wall of Minas Tirith is leftover true Numenorean architecture. Yeah, that's true. So, like, yeah, that definitely they built that sense. wall for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> And but, to last, know, yeah. Yeah, but it is what it is. It's just kind of like, ah, oh, funny that they wouldn't do that. Like, we joke about <laughs> the, the punishment detail of the guys being, like, uh, put up on the beacon mountains. Mm -hmm. Like, imagine oh, yeah. the guys just like, you're going to dig a ditch around Minas Tirith. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, ditch diggers from the day uh, you're 15 till you're dead, probably. You're better than well. That's better than the guys who have to dig a channel all the way over to the river so that there's so that it becomes a moat. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> that would Which be that the would worst. be quite. You want dwarves for that? I don't think I don't think you can even people can do that. <laughs> well, you don't. You only have to. You know. Then you're making a canal at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you dig a dig a real shallow trench. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> dig a really shallow trench just so the moat fills with water. 
need to get as shallow <laughs> as you can just to let it flow over. Let it fill up. And then don't worry about it. Yeah, my knowledge of castle and of moat engineering is mostly from trying to add them to sand castles when I was at the beach when I was young. <laughs> right. Uh, and that never worked out all that well anyway. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, then you have people just carrying wagons of buckets of water to fill the motor and then <laughs> Or they just start too close to the edge and then just like the water just comes up and just swamps the whole city every once in a while and it all looks very sad. Yeah. <laughs> it just, oh, there's a flood in Minas Tirith. <laughs> there go the lower levels. <laughs> That's true. Well, that probably happened to Osgiliath, really. I guess they're more the uh, the river city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if your if your settlement is on a like literally on a on river, a floodplain, it's gonna flood sometimes. Yeah. yeah, like there's a reason that all this land on both sides of that river is flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, so there's some extended material in this minute as well. Ah, because this first attempt at breaking the gate is extended here. Like we don't. That's not in the theatrical. There's just like. Oh right. These, so they try the like the puny battering rams and then they're like bring out the big boy yeah, like, that's, like we don't see this first attempt in the theatrical yeah they, they cut it because they're all ah. just like ah we just want to show the big one yeah i mean why why not but uh the <laughs> the design team complains about how heavy this even lightweight prop battering ram was mm. it's like even lightweight the art department had a trouble moving it around and every all the all the stuntmen and everyone else thought it was kind of funny <laughs> oh that makes sense because i mean you've got these you you want you want the wheels to look like orcish manufacturer, you know, and not like something modern and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's got to be that's got to be a lot of trouble. Yeah. So yeah, even if you this... have real wheels underneath or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we get this, we get this first attempt at the battering ram. All these all these orcs getting getting shot down by the the archers on the wall. Yeah. I like one does a little death pirouette when he's hit. He like spins like all the way around. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I like watching how stuntmen decide to die. Like, <laughs> like how are, how are you how are you doing this? And for three of them, it was leap backwards as fast as how far as I can possibly with an elastic band helping me along. Yeah. Right, crash pad down there. I wonder how far those guys actually <laughs> fell. They don't call it out in the in the commentary. Those three guys. But yeah, and we also uh, this was filmed on billy boyd's last day of filming his pippin scene here oh really interesting this yep this is billy boyd's last scene he shot is he supposed to be concussed (laughs) (laughs) he acts like it right billy boyd talks about that in the cast commentary because i've always thought this scene feels weird yeah uh asking peter (laughs) asking peter like so when does this when is this going to happen? Like where have I been to Faramir yet already? Like when is when does this take place? And Peter being like, uh, just just film it. We'll put it somewhere." <laughs> wow. So he Let's doesn't do know if he's just seen like Shadowfax murder a dude or what's just happened. <laughs> right. He doesn't, he doesn't know if every what else has gone on around it when he filmed this scene. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Just, we're gonna we're gonna find a place for it. That's what you want to hear from your director, I guess. No, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it isn't. I, come on. And I don't know how much of that is like. I, I don't know how much of that is like Billy Boyd taking the piss out of that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't rewatch the whole film this time, but the uh, so is this come right after the big like uh, 
Breath Before the Storm conversation with Gandalf, like as far as the Pippin timeline. Like, yes. I mean, right yeah, after this that. comes like two and a half minutes after Gandalf hits Denethor in the face with the staff and takes command of the people. Uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, because Faramir, Faramir has been brought back um, and he is pronounced like dead ish. Yeah. Um, Pippin's like, no, he's still alive. And Denethor is basically like, flee, flee for your lives. Yeah, and <laughs> Denethor freaks out. <laughs> Gandalf hits him. Yeah, bonk. And then, You're right. And then we just get these scenes between now and then of Pippin kind of running around with his sword with his helmet on. And then he takes the helmet off and he looks really exasperated. Mm-hmm. And then we have this. And it, it, there is a disconnect, it feels like, a little bit in what's going on. I think this... This scene with Gandalf works, but it is confused. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely you have a sense of like Pippin Yeah, being really freaked out, I guess, <laughs> you know, by yeah. all of this. Which, you know, it's not like it's not like freaky stuff isn't happening, but he's been through quite a bit in the previous two movies already. And uh mm-hmm. This is no place for a hobbit. Yeah, okay, that's the thing that gets me, because Gandalf is literally the person who brought him here, and he knew what was going to happen. <laughs> right, I know. Like, what did you expect Pippin to do, Gandalf? <laughs> and I suppose this is like, I mean, what's different for uh, this this time from Pippin's point of view is, like, this might be the first time he's in a fight where he's, like, got duties, you know, where he's mm-hmm. theoretically, like, supposed to be, you know, not just being protected by people and doing what he can, but he's supposed to be part of, like, what's protecting the tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh Right. So why isn't he in the tower? That's true. Well, I think Gandalf might have said, you know, everybody to the gate or something like that. And he's like, oh well, that, that that's it's me. I'll, I'll come do I'm I'm everybody. You told us all to fight. <laughs> you called us out to fight. Oh my Wait, god. And and Pippin has his elven cloak and brooch back again. Where does it? Where do they go? Like they, it, it, that's true. Well, when he rejuggles his belongings in, like you know, his little inventory screen, like you know, the last two that he touches are the ones that are on the outside. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the brooch in particular that's just like, but no, you're the one who dropped yours. You, you threw yours on the ground. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a real elven brooch. Because... It does. It, it... <laughs> a real elven brooch. They'll, they just appear. They come and go at will. <laughs> Galadriel gave everybody Not spares. idly do the leaves of Lorien fall, normally. Right? No, <laughs> no they, they leap right back up, apparently. <laughs> yeah, not predictably either, yeah. It's, I just, like, we just have it paused and it's just like, he has his elven cloak and brooch on. <laughs> no one will notice. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Like, I think he, he probably had it on in previous, like, parts of this scene, but why does he have it back? I don't know. <laughs> why doesn't he have, like, a luxurious black cloak to go with his, his Gondorian outfit? Mm-hmm. And if he has this, he should be hiding like he's, like, pretending to be a piece of rubble and just ignoring everything. <laughs> didn't, we have you, didn't we have you on um, the last time and we were talking about the cloaks? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah outside the black the... gate. Yeah. Right, right. Murder statues. Yeah, the, uh, or wanted statues. Yeah, that's right. That's the, I think maybe the cloaks collectively had one charge for the, like, invisibility cloak ability, and they, and uh, Frodo used it up doing that. Maybe. <laughs> and so now they're all in cool he's... down for, like, a year. Yeah, because Frodo's, Frodo's cloak is the only one we see do something like that. Right. 
yeah like explicitly like there are other times where they're kind of hiding behind the cloaks and we might assume that that effect is kind of going on maybe like i don't i don't know i don't know how this cloak but he seems pretty confident that that's going to (laughs) happen yeah 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 it's not like sort of like uh, like oh god we're probably dead but I'm gonna just hide behind this cloak so that I don't see somebody stab me but you know it seems like he he's pretty sure that it's gonna work. It's just more uh, Galadriel psychically telling him how it works, but we don't get to hear that. Yeah, yeah. It's just Galadriel explaining it just to Frodo. Does does <laughs> Frodo privileges? Does Mary? Well, it's like in Retur- Retur- it's like in animated Return of the King. If he tells anybody how it works, then it'll stop working. Right. <laughs> yeah. Does like Mary have his Gladriel. cloak? I think I think Mary has his cloak in this movie too. Okay, because my working theory was that Mary gave Pippin his cloak before mm. Pippin leaves. We'll have to pay attention next time we see Mary because I think Mary has his. cloak If Mary too. is cloakless, then this is Mary's cloak. Yeah, all he, he gave it. Aww. He gave it to Pippin as and he's like, wearing it in battle to protect him. Because yeah. Mary's got his own is. set of like borrowed gear, right? That's like yeah, from yeah, the from Rohan. Which our uh, our theory is that it's it's one of the the three younger uh, Rohirrim that we're aware of that are like major to this part of the story, like Aomer or Theodred or or Eowyn. It's one of their like I think childhood it's Aomer's, things. Right, right. But... Yeah, Aomer's makes the most sense to me, which is also why Aomer might be a little salty about him. Yeah. Having it. <laughs> <laughs> he also if gives him a little Judge Dread helmet. Right. <laughs> If this cloak isn't Mary's, this is like a uh, time and space defying um, piece of of costume. Right. Like the backpacks. Which um, which just <laughs> makes more questions for me. I just... Yeah. Well, the backpack straps are the thing that drove us nuts before. Right, right. Now I'm just like, where did this come from? Just, just Billy Boyd, just so confused. He looks tired. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last day. he did watch someone get crushed by a piece of rubble like 45 seconds ago. That's true. Let's see. Uh, oh, I did a, a very quick survey of uh, hobbits and battle. You know, when he says this is no place for a hobbit. So you've got uh, you've got Thorin and Hobbit saying your kind will never understand war. Mm-hmm. And you've got Bilbo later saying Thorin is correct. I simply do not understand war. And then you've got Sam in the book, like the the thing that was partially given to Faramir, you know, the whole like, you know, it's the the first my first the first battle I've watched between men and men, and I do not like it very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and then Pippin, which would be you know shortly before this, the whole I don't want to be in a battle, but you know, waiting on the edge of one is worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just so. the history of hobbits and and their dislike of fighting. Yeah, exactly. And usually it seems, you know, they're on, you know, the the wise side of that because most of the things that Bilbo especially was dealing with were like, you know, silly wars that shouldn't be happening. You know, like between the elves and the dwarves and stuff. Why are we fighting over jewelry? You could just apologize for it. Back. <laughs> we are literally fighting over jewelry in this movie. You know? <laughs> yeah, but this is it's like our this, entire this is orders of magnitude different. <laughs> <laughs> the entire basis of our civilization is fighting over jewelry. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> There's a great thick book you can read about it. I should specify fighting over non-magical jewelry. <laughs> right, right, right. Or, you know, magical, but only in a decorative way. Yeah. No practical magic. Yeah. <laughs> but that, uh, I think that about does all my notes for this minute. Let's see. Oh, one. This is probably something that only I would think of. But the uh, when the orc runs at, uh, at Pippin. 
which you only have this very, very short thing. And he's sort of like a particularly husky orc. Uh, it uh -huh. reminded me tremendously of the orc chieftain running at Frodo in the animated, the Bakshi animated uh, Lord of the Rings in Moria. <laughs> the one that sort of like ducks under, or ducks and weaves around Aragorn and Boromir and then spears him. Yeah, just for a second, it looks yeah. exactly like that arc. So I was that's funny. That. that might be like I, I like that might be like a, a ten a ten frame like a uh, tribute to that guy. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I I do like the way that that orc just seems to suddenly notice the small person. Just like <laughs> kills these other two guards and then just like looks up and seemingly makes eye contact with Pippin and then just <laughs> toddles his way over just to get get got by Gandalf as the Fellowship yeah, theme plays. I feel bad for the stuntman that um, Gandalf is just wailing on. Like, he gets hit in the neck twice, one with a staff and one with a sword, and, like, he does not pull that that hit, like, either of them. Right. Like, you see it impact, and I feel bad if he's actually using, like, the hefty, like, prop sword. Yeah, like the hero sword. Or yeah. <laughs> I imagine he can't be if they're, like, you gotta hit him in the neck. <laughs> Yeah, they're probably doing their best to like just have Ian McKillen like actually execute all those moves, let alone you know, without like let alone try to have him pull punches and stuff like that. Yeah. They're probably yeah. just like, oh yeah, come on, old man, do whatever you do. So yeah, they're probably <laughs> getting whacked pretty good. This is a combination of Ian McKellen and a and a double as well. It looks oh sure. Good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, spinning it's around in a, in a flowy robe with long hair. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't really see the face. It's easy to hide. Like, I like the way that Gandalf always spins around when he fights. Mm. He's always just everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Just, Lots of wasted motion. Yeah, it, was, it just seems like a lot of, like, extra, um, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Effort? Yeah. Flourish? I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not going to tell him he's doing wrong. He... They're going for a certain, like, Hong Kong quality, I think, you know, where it's. Mm. Yeah, the, the wushu style stuff. Yeah, it's where it's not strictly realistic, but it's like impressive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Looks nice. Some some crouching tiger hidden Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was gonna call the episode Mouse Pelts, but I think that wins. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mouse Pelts is good though. <laughs> right. Mouse crouching mouse Gandalf hidden oh, oh, oh. mouse pelts or something. Like that. <laughs> Ew. That has a lot of like. Well, thanks for joining us today, Bob. Yeah. It was oh, a bit of welcome. a journey. <laughs> we'll be uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. But uh, in the meantime, can you tell our viewers where they might find viewers. you? Our listeners, where they might find you? Viewers, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, don't look at us in our quarantine clothes. <laughs> right? It's pajamas, whatever. Um, there you go. Uh, I'm from the Immunities Podcast on Dueling Genre, or an audio drama about a body snatcher invasion that didn't quite get everybody. Uh, we're Immunities on Facebook, Immunities Drama on Twitter, and ImmuniediesDrama.com. And uh, during hiatuses, we talk about movies in the sci-fi slash horror sort of vein, including uh, one time we talked about the 2008, I think, uh, 2007, The Invasion movie with Norman. And that was a lot of yeah, fun. That was fun. I had never seen that before. <laughs> that was something. <laughs> <laughs> that is some kind of movie full of stars doing some kind of job. <laughs> Nicole Kidman, Daniel Craig. Wow, really? Yeah. Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. Jeffrey freaking Wright. 
There are some good actors in that movie. To be fair, that horrible Golden Compass movie also had Daniel Craig and Nicole Kidman. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you get out of them what you pay for. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's true. Just, if the rest of your script is script is bad, it's just bad. Yeah. Like, yeah. If there's an Oscar for exposition, Jeffrey Wright in uh, The Invasion deserves it because he's just like, ne- like the whole time he's on screen, he's like, okay, now you gotta understand. <laughs> I'm going to tell you exactly. This is like nothing happened. you've ever seen before. <laughs> what's that? It's it's just him being like, I'm going to tell you exactly what's happening. Exactly what happened five minutes ago. Exactly what's going to happen five <laughs> minutes from now. And things that I, there's no way I could possibly know because, you know, Absolutely. in my head canon, I am an alien prince who is just visiting this planet. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> If you, wanna, if you want to hear more theorizing like that, you can uh, check out that hiatus episode on the Immunities feed. <laughs> uh, and while you're at DuelingGenre.com, that's also where you'll find the backlog of Lord of the Rings Minute episodes, as well as uh, anything else we've kind of thrown out on that feed and all the other Dueling Genre shows. Mm-hmm. And if you wouldn't mind giving the Dueling Genre family your support, you can head to Patreon, and for as little as a dollar a month, you get access to Scott Pilgrim versus the Minute. Which is very fun. Yeah. So check those out, and we'll be back tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Bye.